Okay, so this evening I'd like to offer some reflections on the theme of compassion. And as uh, many of you know, I'm, this is my Brahma Vihara play month. <laughs> Hopefully there'll be some benefit to all of us. And um, yeah, I think very much offering some thoughts and memories and images and teachings um, with the encouragement to you to, you know, take it or listen lightly, um, see what might be helpful, if anything, and um, that sense of not needing to necessarily, uh, yeah, kind of get hold of bits and pieces and chew on it but perhaps just by reflecting a bit together I know in this situation I'm doing the talking and and and, and, uh, there's a listening more on your part but hopefully it can still be a kind of conversation and it's very interesting and the sense of what we how we listen in a situation like this, where we're really, and I just can feel very moved by the depth of your practice and uh, and a huge respect for, you know, the the presence and the things that you're working with and the the sense of what you, sort of what's in the room, what's in the field, you know, and so kind of wanting to, <clears throat> bow to your wisdom and always commend you to your own wisdom and discernment in the in the listening I always feel like there's real benefit of just being present and listening and noticing what is resonant what you know touches your heart or your body or as you listen a particular story or word or just something about being here you know, with others, this sort of gathering together. Um, <clears throat> so maybe we can explore together. You know, I um, I think there's always more to understand about anything. particularly these great Dharma themes you know I was um, talking to people and with one person saying you know it's all all very well talk about metta kindness and compassion and then you know you're you're excuse me excuse me in a bit of a state and you just think how the heck you know <laughs> how do I bring compassion in here it's not so obvious so and I feel that's very true in the world as well when we're you know outside of retreat and whatever we're engaging in and sometimes it's it's really really challenging and you know the the practice the exploration continues how do I stay kind of connected with what what matters to me which 
you know, for me anyway, kindness and compassion matters a lot. And uh, sometimes it's not so easy to to stay stay connected with that. Um, so just the respect for that being a, like for me, I have a lot of faith in that possibility of it being really genuinely available and potentially present and informing our choices and our actions, you know, sort of continuously. I suppose that's a kind of an aspiration of a kind. Um, but also very aware of the, you know, the gaps and the, and the, and the sense of certain areas of experience, you know, areas of our life where it's just somehow really hard to open to that or find that or sort of how does that, you know, embrace this situation or, you know, all of that. So, you know, like um, the sense of compassion, like with all the great qualities, a sense of it being joined some in some way with wisdom so that there's a way in which it does morph and change, almost like change shape, you know, so that, that there's the sense of appropriateness and this is how it looks or feels or embodies or expresses itself here. And, you know, it can look very different according to the conditions. And I, I think, yeah, that's... Um, takes a lot of clarity about the basic intentionality here, you know, to care, to to the wish to be able to be present with and respond to suffering in in helpful ways. But, you know, how that actually, you know, that sensitivity to conditions, isn't it, to actually allow an appropriate response to to come forth. And that, that that involves also encountering the sort of inner and outer obstacles of of many kinds, so that it's uh, sometimes I think it takes a lot of courage to to stay to sort of keep to stay with that a lot of courage um, and clarity. Mm. So I have various things I thought to share, and I, <laughs> it's like I'm not quite sure. Um, some different ideas about how what to share and how to proceed. Um, I think I'm gonna, yeah. Let's see, see what happens. Hopefully, this might be helpful. But I've been very much with the sense of. Um, Uh, exploring the remembering and imagining of situations where care is being given and and received offered and received and that I find that a very helpful doorway or uh, like it's feels to me like a cultivation of compassion a sort of inclining or of the mind or a sort of tuning of the heart and for me, it seems very helpful to kind of focus on the, or include, like a sense of that dynamic, that really, you know, we're relational beings, right? It's kind of the sense of how compassion arises in relationship, and that, that that's something we can actually sort of 
find in our meditation in the way that perhaps we're cultivating the compassion in a meditative way where we, we may not be interacting with a you know a, an actual person in front of us but it's still a relational thing so I was remembering um, my first therapist <laughs> a long time ago and I was really remembering her with a lot of appreciation and the sense of how, you know, as a fairly young person with a lot of distress and confusion and being met in this, you know, now I would have the perspective with a lot of metta, karuna, a lot of kindness and compassion and how I just like thirsty, just drank it up, you know, was... And, and literally, because one of the parts of the ritual was I would go to her house and she had two little girls and so it was like this, for me, wonderful, like, wow, there's a family, you know, they seem happy, wow. <laughs> that's, that's the teaching. <laughs> that's an encouragement, it is possible. So there were a lot of, I won't go through all the different things that were so helpful about going there, but... One of them was a little ritual where she would offer me a cup of tea and I would say, yes, please. <laughs> so I would go upstairs, would sit in this huge old armchair, which I called my, you know, my pit of despair chair. Because <laughs> that's a lot of what I was with for, for a while. And then she would bring this um, cup of tea, some kind of herbal tea, and it was really, really big cup. <laughs> it was a really big cup on a big saucer. So the whole sort of proceeding was like slightly like, you know, she'd bring it in and then it sort of, it would be on this side, it would put it on there, it was on this big armchair, oh, you know, it'd be like... And then, and then there, it somehow was a little wobbly, but it was okay. And then I would, you know, be drinking the tea. And just this sense of being being taken care of and um, also I realized this afternoon thinking about this that's something also very and again I won't go on about this all evening but you know there's a lot of symbolic kind of metaphorical whatever simile type you know things that that might kind of now I see wow there was a lot in that cup not just tea yeah um, and in her wisdom, she she sort of helped to maintain this ritual. And I was thinking one thing it was communicating to me is it was like this sort of combination of care and fragility, right? You know, because it could fall off and they can break quite easily, can't they? That so so I thought, hmm, yeah. And the kind of teeteringness slightly. You know, it's like it's not quite, and yet there's all this sort of warmth and nourishment sort of coming from it as well, and care. And um, and I think that that's very like, somehow resonant with the sense of compassion of of being sort of this care, but also a real kind of sense of the the vulnerability and the fragility and the wobbliness and you know I'm not really together and I'm not together at all or (laughs) you know that's welcome and supported so my sense of her as you know I was reflecting today is like she really um obviously I'm not I'm not she wasn't a saint you know again don't 
not trying to idealize her, but these two sides or these two aspects of compassion I wanted to kind of draw out a little bit. So there's a sense of being listened to, right? Maybe you've, I hope you've all had the good fortune to experience this in your life, of being genuinely listened to. It's, you know, maybe not as common as we might hope. And how powerful that is. You know, how much it's almost like, at some level, that's all we really need. Or some part of you that feels like, yeah, that's, oh, you know, just, just stay and I'll, you know, so much can happen. So much, so much healing and, you know, and I think that's such a, such a good metaphor or some simile or something um, for meditation practice and what, what the kind of presence or, again, the, the dynamic that we can find in the how that we are with ourselves, where we can be, begin to feel almost like mindfulness, awareness is like a deep listening a deep listening that that's not devoid of compassion and that's something I wanted to touch on a bit um, just the you know whatever practice you're doing there's probably some awareness involved right anybody not <laughs> that would, I want to know if that's the case I would be very interested in that <laughs> so, practicing here without awareness okay tell me about that um, <laughs> but this sense of yeah the the, the presence and how um, some of us have had to really learn that, we're still learning it, how to find that sort of within our own mind, our own heart, our own presence, you could say. You know, and it's like, wow. Yeah, we can find it when we're with others or, you know, we're talking or we're, you know, if we're the, the one offering, then it's often easier. Like I was thinking about... Um, how what an amazing compassion practice it is to meet with you individually you know when we have our one-to-ones and and how this sense of this receptive part you know the listening and then the responsive part something like comes up to sort of say or share or offer or like a oh you could try this or oh that makes me think you know a response and maybe you have this in, you know, you, you know this from your own life, your own experience, where there's a, again, different relationships or situations or, or work or whatever it is. It might even be, you know, artistic endeavor. Or I think it can come up in all sorts of ways where there's a sense of deep, deep listening. And then there's a, there's a, there's a response as well. And what I don't know how it is for you but I I, and I do hear this from different people that it's so much harder to find it sort of internally that that, that is you say a high practice or something I don't know what that means exactly but you know it's not and and it can really um, be quite elusive or you know all these patterns of suffering that can so often be associated with harshness and judgment and and avoidance and maybe all of those sorts of things that we 
you know, maybe experiencing more in relationship and even, you know, God forbid, sometimes acting out. Oops, sorry, let's try not to do that again. <laughs> um, but, you know, that, that process of kind of being kind of carried away or led by these other forces, these other energies, these other patterns and habits that kind of come forth when there's suffering that then they're not so helpful they they can perpetuate the suffering and the causes of the suffering and so um let's see i think i've kind of lost where i was going with that for a minute uh hmm what was i going with that hmm so there's the sharing the offering and the receiving and the seeing that happen in your life and then when you're in retreat, right, I think this is, you know, it's like you're suddenly, you're, you've got all those people in your head. <laughs> so dear. Isn't there something like that? All those relational dynamics and, you know, perceptions of him and her and that and that over there and, oh dear, and, it's like it then it can feel like a fractured sense of sense of self or something like that and different sort of things start to be in opposition to each other or there's you know me over here and me over there and they can be seeming to be in conflict or you know there's the me who isn't meditating properly and then the I that knows how to do it. And it's like, why aren't you doing that? You know, come on. Um, <laughs> and so much of that um, relationality, you know, the me-you, whether it's with, without, you could say, with another person or people, or whether it's within, you know, with our inner tribes. Right? It's so often marked by, I mean... Maybe it isn't, it's different for everybody, of course, but no distrust and harshness and, you know, so much that is that is unhelpful. It's just, it's like a, some sort of strange echo of the past or what's happening in the world right now, you know, because we're not separate from all that. And how to um, recognize you know, like, I sometimes, when I t- t- teach about compassion, I have this little diagram where I, I, um, you put the little dot at the top, and it says, ouch. And there's an arrow going one way to all the reactivity, and the don't want this, and denying, and, avoid, you know, the whole, and kind of, the stuff that, you know, the reactions that are so, human and we all do it and there's no judgment it's just oh why can't I stop doing that you know it's just become reflexive habituated and then and then I draw the arrow going the other way to compassion you know ouch and then I think I still feel like I'm in kindergarten with this I don't know I'm bit further with meta you know it's like <laughs> just stuck in first grade or something like you something like that um but this sense of 
what yeah and it's easier isn't it in some situations than others and with some issues than others like to ask like ouch can I you know find some caring for this or am I just gonna keep getting more and more frightened and or angry hmm <laughs> No one laughing, it's not funny really, but oh yeah. So I don't know if that's helpful sometimes I'm like, oh okay, so and then again it's this like I was saying earlier, this sort of process of well how 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 does that what does what what might support that right now? Oh okay, you know, and then some kind of creative response. Because it might not be what worked yesterday or last week, you know. So allowing for some creativity, sort of trying some things out, or um, just pausing, pausing around that. You know, there's a, a meditation that I think comes from Kristin Neff and the self-compassion kind of teachings. And I just say, this hurts. No, I found this really, I use this sometimes, and it's so simple, it's really helpful. <laughs> I can cut through some of the complexities and the reactivities. This, this hurts, or this is difficult, or ouch, you know? And then everyone experiences this. Everyone, everyone, and then you know that sense of what, what does that do? Allowing, you know, again, you could hang out with each of these phrases for a while, or like you know, work through them and then go back, and that's a kind of um, everyone, you know, and a bit of bit of me anyway can jump up and say, Yep, yeah, one. It's not like this. It's not as hard as this. You know, mine's much worse, or something like that. <laughs> like, they'll never understand. You know, I've got the worst dicker in the world. You know, and then when you start hearing it, you're like, well, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, maybe not. And then you think, what is the point of measuring anyway? It doesn't make any sense. Like, what use? What, you know, is that of really any use at all? And so, and so then. Uh, the, the third phrase, which is something about, God, this is my brain. I don't know if it's aging brain or blame menopause for everything. Anyway, um, can I can I be with this with tenderness? Can I? This hurts. Everyone has this. It's there some possibility of, yeah, caring for this and just opening to that possibility and I have found I don't know if any of you know this that actually it's it's really helpful to often find it helpful and um, so and maybe I'll remember the proper phrase because I wasn't I can't exactly well I, I think yeah I think it's more probably close enough um, can I let this be an opportunity for tender concern? 
So I like these words opportunity and possibilities. It's not making, it's not making you do anything. It's just because that to me then that you know something feels difficult or painful. And it's like um, that just creates a little more space, like a pause, like could this you know, you can even have it as a question. Maybe, might this be an opportunity for compassion or whatever words or qualities? Because I think that often isn't there the reactivities like this, you know, it's like, come on, come on, okay, this, that, judge, judge, do, do, and then to pause. <laughs> it allows a bit more mindfulness and, you know, maybe around what's happening and then this phrases maybe just support the mindfulness maybe that's that's really what they need to do and then you just make space for something to happen quite naturally I think for some people who struggle a lot with Brahma cultivation like it's too much like okay I've got to pump out the metta the karuna it may be fine may be well may you be well mm. you know it feels very dry and mechanical and nothing happens so why bother um, but I think letting it be more quiet and spacious and nothing has to happen is so important because it creates space and it also it respects the power of intention that intention bears fruit if you have even a moment of you know tiny bit of kindness towards yourself it will have a beneficial result and even if you don't feel anything in the moment like I feel this compassion practice I was just you know that this hurts everyone experiences this okay maybe can this be an opportunity for okay being with this in a non- cruel way to use the Buddha's you know the way he does that just like non-aversive non-cruel just hang back a bit maybe the helpfulness of that is not again it's quiet it's not like badoom it's like you know think oh well that didn't work I, I don't feel better I still feel all wound up But a space has been found, and that, you know, and that happens again and again. And something starts to grow. Something, there's a space of possibility there for the the non-reactivity, you know, the non-habitual, the non-reflexive. But not by making anything happen. Does that, I hope that makes some sense. That just seems so important to me. It's like reminds me of Keats' teaching on negative capability the great poet John Keats and the idea of negative capability being absolutely at the, f- the, the source of, of the poet's gift of this space of, of not non-doing which I know we can try to get to in our meditation can't we you know how do you do that <laughs> can you hear what's going on there <laughs> trying to do so the sense of doing less and I think that applies to the Brahma Viharas as well somehow. 
and just finding the right, you know, the image, the story, the memory, the being that you can bring to mind. It is, it, it's, it's not complicated. And that's part of how it's so amazingly, like it cuts through a lot of the reactivity and complexity, but it's also very potent, right? So it kind of can... Um, Again, create space and one of my teachers Christina Feldman used to say compassion is just space which I think struck me then and still strikes me that again it kind of kind of resonates a bit with this sense of the space of awareness or this, the pausing being somehow maybe not even enabling the compassion is already the compassion it is already compassionate and that was something else I wanted to touch on which I think when you're opening up I mean so many ways that compassion is cultivated and we don't realize it's happening Ah, stealth compassion practice secret compassion practice unconscious compassion practice (laughs) Okay, so um, this is a quote from Joseph Goldstein. So he said, In meditation practice, when we settle back and open to what's happening without aversion or attachment, we're developing compassion. So, and I, I, I don't know, maybe... To me, there's something helpful about that really realizing that suffering is, that mindfulness is compassionate. You know, that it's, it's like all the Buddha's teachings and practices, that's what it's for. It's for the alleviation and ending of suffering, of dukkha. And that you're already cultivating it and you didn't even know. That's good, isn't it? You don't have to even add anything. And perhaps it's again just more like noticing, noticing the kindness of practice. It's a kind action. That's, I, I, I think that's... Um, and then in terms of not just the benefit for us, but you know the benefit for others. Just another another quote from Joseph in this sort of area. Um, The non-seeing of suffering keeps us locked into it. Seeing it, turning towards it, opening to it, allows it to wash through and away. And he makes things sound so clear. I mean, they are clear. So, so that again, the sense of seeing, turning towards, um, pausing, pausing with, opening, opening to, softening, widening. As my teacher Ajahn Sachito says a lot, or used to, soften and widen, soften and widen, and you know, isn't isn't that what? often we're, we're doing in practice with, with awareness and with that kind of um, 
yeah, trying to sort of enhance the the inclusivity of it. Like, I was talking to somebody about working with Vedana, and I think this is such a good compassion sort of supportive practice for for compassion is is the the learning to be with what's unpleasant or the unpleasantness of something that 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 sense of a lot of as you know classically the cause of suffering is said to be craving well if you take it really into your intimate experience don't 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 you i certainly feel i do i experience that very regularly <laughs> it's like something is unpleasant and i don't want it to be like that <laughs> there, there we are dukkha and tanha craving and craving and and suffering because like this and so practicing being with the unpleasant in a non-reactive way that's one of my little pithed sort of you know portable in your pocket sort of teachings that sort of seems relevant anywhere and everywhere for (laughs) any occasion and my sense is again they could say that is compassion it's a form of very basic but no less valuable form of compassion than, you know, I mean, maybe that's where we get a bit caught up sometimes with um, ideals and I've got to be the Dalai Lama and otherwise I might as well just lie down and die, you know. That's a little dramatic, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's like you set this high bar, a kind of perfectionistic or idealistic sense of it and you know, that being and I can never and um, and yet there is a sense of how could I is it okay to call it ordinary and that's not insulting non-dramatic is a word I used last week about meta I think this is helpful especially for those of us who tend to be a bit like <gasps> you know, oh you know, like that way inclined and we want things to be, you know, like whatever, like a like a, like a Berlioz symphony or something if you know that one uh, <laughs> um, and the sort of ordinariness of it the sort of, I think is very inspiring to me and in terms of story and image you know, that then they can be very inspiring. This is a practice I really recommend. It's like remembering. You go through bits of your life or people you've known or situations and things you've done, things like... It's kind of wonderful. It's like you go through and there's all these different things you can remember about compassionate actions that have been done. And some of them are quite small. You know, you could say ordinary so uh, one very simple story which sort of mm, stayed a lot with me I grew up with a foster family and my foster brother for a while was going down to a neighbour's house and he would carry our neighbour she was an old lady and he would every day go down there and carry her up the stairs to bed and then every morning he would come and carry her back downstairs again. 
yeah and um yeah you know he's it's not glamorous is it it's not you didn't get the nobel peace prize for it you know does that make it any less important any less compassionate it doesn't does it really doesn't it's that measureless quality this is something i yeah i find not measuring not measuring measurelessness so then there's no is it big is it small it's like it doesn't doesn't really compute you know it's not i just measureless beautiful and um yeah, what would you say, universal. And so the other story I wanted to tell is a story I, I might, I know I've told before, which is a story about a whale that was in the San Francisco Bay that got all tangled up with some fishing net. This is some years ago. And forgive me, I, re- I won't remember the story exactly. Um, but for me, it's an image as a teaching on compassion I I go back to it fairly regularly because it's so resonant for me in lots of ways so there's this big whale and kind of really stuck in the in the in the nets and some local divers go out with their diving equipment I'm just thinking it might be someone here (laughs) I always wonder I sometimes wonder about those divers I'd love to meet one of them ask them like how was that? What, what was it like to go and help that whale? Anyway, um, so they, yeah, I don't know all the detail, but they have all their equipment and they swim down into the water and they have cutting equipment. And so the the, the whale miraculously has the common sense. I like to think of whales having common sense, but anyway, just stays still. And the people. They go around and they snip the net and the whale stays still and then the net they get the net off and then they I I think they I imagine them all kind of going back a bit to give the whale some space and then the whale swam round to each of the divers. This gets me every time. And just paused and looked at each of them. Had eye contact with each diver. Sight, I don't know, you know, just something so beautiful about that. And then swam away. Thank you. Thank you. And who knows, I mean, that would, if I ever met one of those divers, I would, like, what, what was that like? Yeah, and I, I, again, I, I feel like that really resonates that theme of giving and receiving, and that we, you know, we're sometimes we're offering and sometimes we're receiving and sometimes like <sighs> everybody's offering and everybody's receiving. It's this like I don't know. It's maybe sometimes that whole sense of you and me and it's like that falls away 
and something about that story evokes that sense of oneness or a sense of um, you know we or just just common humanity or in this case common sentience or common mammalianness you know our mammal or fellow mammal friends kin so um Oh gosh, where are we? So, compassion, reflections, teachings, story, memory, image, phrases. It's a so there's a lot of possibilities, right? It's a very rich field, very rich toolbox. And um, another, th- another sort of modality I'd like to mention, which is connected with image, which I also mentioned last week, I think, is the creative expression as a cultivation of metta or karunal compassion you know that that and i have a poem to share but i think this works for music and other forms of writing and dance and you know that 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 there can be a way that through the creative expression there is a healing and there is a there is an understanding no there is a yeah i mean there's a compassion compassion that is mm, cultivated through that process and then maybe as in this case this poem maybe in in our reading and hearing it some of some of that is then shared it's another way of radiating the brahma vihara so it gets radiated through you know it's been published and other people can read it and maybe resonate it and be be helped so this is a poem called The Healing Time by Pesha Gertler. Finally, on my way to yes, I bump into all the places where I said no to my life. All the untended wounds, the red and purple scars, those hieroglyphs of pain carved into my skin, my bones, these coded messages that send me down the wrong street again and again. Where I find them, the old wounds, the old misdirections, and lift them one by one, close to my heart, and I say, holy, holy. hard to follow that so maybe hmm. 
maybe we can just the last kind of thing to share and explore a bit together is a chant chanting singing and uh, I'd like to share a chant with you that some of you may recognize it's a compassion chant that I um, created and it's based on a compassion practice a Kuan Yin or Avalokitesvara the embodiment of compassion a statue which is just behind the screen it's kind of based on a practice that Kittisara and Tanisara developed um, around that um, around that image around that embodiment uh, of compassion and so but I kind of adapted the words and created a tune and I haven't shared it for a while so we'll see if I can remember it properly and we have a chanting room and we have woods to sing in (laughs) so if you are moved to chant or sing sometimes we can sing compassion into the world into our and into our hearts yeah, it can happen. Okay, and then and then we'll then we'll close the talk. So do feel free to join in or not. You know, feel very free to not join in to just listen. I always want to say that because I I know what it's like. You sit there. And I don't. I don't want to, I to join in. It's like it's fine. It's fine. You don't. You don't have to. <laughs> Okay. Sorry. Resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world resting resting deeply i return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world resting resting deeply i return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world resting resting deeply i return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world resting resting deeply 
I return my light to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world resting resting deeply I return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world okay one more time resting resting deeply I return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world. Thank you, friends. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.